Who were we before shame told us we weren't enough? I asked myself that question three years ago and I haven't stopped since. You see, shame tells us that we're alone in how we feel, that it doesn't matter what we think or say or believe. Every part of us that feels unfindable, unreachable, unseeable, unlovable has shame in it. And I believe so fervently that there is power in speaking to that shame. So join me as we reclaim the space that shame has taken up. Hello, you incredible human who is needed and deserving of taking up space. How are you? How's your heart? That's something I learned from one of my best friends. We were roommates in college, and that was how she'd start almost every conversation. How's your heart? (laughs) It made it trickier to avoid my feelings. (laughs) We're gearing up for Thanksgiving here in America which means a lot of things for a lot of people. What does it mean for you? How are you feeling about it? How's your heart, my friend? It means uh, rest for me, but also a lot of long days with kids, which I'm excited for, grateful for. It means a lot of holiday excitement and overstimulation for my kids too, and navigating a family boundaries. I'll probably burn some food or overseason it or underseason it. And give Nathan the turkey from my plate because I have tried so many times for so many years, but it doesn't matter. I can't bring myself to eat more than just a couple bites of turkey. When you think of Thanksgiving, do you think of shame? Shocker, I know. What? We're talking about shame again? I know. I don't think many people think of shame as readily as I do. I'm here talking about it because I feel that I have eyes to see this really pervasive thing. So my podcast is a mouthpiece for that. But I want to bring it up to you because not only do I see it, but I feel so much more peace since speaking to it. I feel more space in my chest to breathe and grow. I feel more room to connect with myself and others. And it's the space that that shame once took up. That's where all of that peace and connection now can live. I'd love for everyone who wants that space to have it, who desires that peace, who is seeking that connection, to know that it is absolutely attainable. So here we are taking the first step of speaking to it. Speaking to holiday shame. It shows up in a lot of ways, so let's explore a few. If you're hosting Thanksgiving this year, I'm sure you've done some prep to your space. It's nice to dust and organize and feel confident, right? But are you agonizing over your decorations or your countertops or your couch because you feel embarrassed or ashamed of what your home looks like or doesn't look like? I love HGTV and magazines too. Joanna Gaines, call me. But are they setting a standard that we feel shame over? Or maybe you're totally happy with your countertops and decor. They are just what you like, just what you need. Super grateful for them. Your home is your happy and your safe place. But maybe a family member doesn't think that, and they'll comment on it. Will a relative set down their pie and serve up a dollop of shame whipped cream with it? Suddenly your countertops don't feel good enough. And maybe they don't comment on your countertops directly, 
but you've heard what they say about other people's countertops or their own. So you know, oh, if they didn't like so-and-so's couch, they don't like mine. And it gives the shame room to circulate and sit and grow. What if it's about where you're at in life? When uh, cousin so-and-so is gushing over their recent achievement, do you feel like you want to sink into the tablecloth because your big news of the year is that you survived it? Same. So proud of you. Or maybe it's that the goals you had didn't work out. Maybe life took a turn or you changed your mind. Totally valid. So proud of you still. So now you have to tell grandma why you aren't joining the Peace Corps as the youngest doctor ever. That's an exaggeration, but you're the expert on you. You know what your Peace Corps is. But hey, maybe you're proud of yourself, as you should be, because you're a freaking rock star. And you like your life. You're enjoying this season. It's uncle so-and-so who doesn't understand why you could love where you're at. So when he comments on your place compared to the Peace Corps, you feel shame's friendly reminder that you aren't indeed doing enough. All right, now this one, tricky, sticky, and pervasive. Maybe no one in your family or at your Thanksgiving table is sending any of these covert or subvert messages of shame. And maybe you really do feel like you're in a good place. Maybe you think just really positively and upliftingly, kindly of yourself. Love you. Love that. All of it. 10 out of 10. Gold stars all around. So happy for you. But maybe there's still this lingering belief in you that you're not where you thought you should have been, right? Maybe it's 10 years since you graduated high school and you're not doing what you thought you wanted to do or what you would have done. Maybe it's the quiet very sneaky and subtle ways in which we present ourselves to our family. Oh, I'm doing good. I'm just, uh, insert this here, but I love it. Or I'm fine. I'm, things are good and I'm happy. I only do, or I only am, insert it, but it's good. I'm happy. I'm fine. Are you shaming yourself quietly? Are we all shaming ourselves quietly? Um, yes, I do think so. But really, see how shame is so sneaky? I would love for you to confidently go to Thanksgiving this year and say, I am a human being who exists and I'm doing such a great job at existing. Love that. 10 out of 10. See you later, shame. You can suck it, right? But oftentimes we are just so quick to insert the shame on ourselves that it teaches other people how to interact with us. It teaches us how to think about our own selves. Are you showing up carrying your own shame over the space you take up? Maybe it's because you uh, lived through a pandemic, you're living through a pandemic, or you graduated, you had a baby, or because, hell, you lived a life, you existed and ate food and made memories, and now your pants are a different size. You feel like you take up more space on the sofa. I get it so much. The stressing over what you'll wear to see cousins you don't see often and the agonizing over taking small portions because you're worried what people will think or say about you. And maybe you're like, it's cool, I'm more than just a body, or I'm confident in this body. But you know that aunt so-and-so or cousin so-and-so doesn't think that way because you've heard them talk about diets your whole life. You've seen them on diets your whole life. The body shaming and the, the laughing at people who live in bigger bodies. You've witnessed the obsession with taking up less space. Maybe you're gearing up for the not-so-subtle comments on your weight 
or talk of diets before dinner. If you're a mom, then gird your loins for the mom guilt, shame. Screen time, organic eating, fast food, pouch food, your kid's behavior, homeschooling, public schooling, the baby's sleep, you going back to work, breastfeeding. It's everywhere. If you're a survivor of abuse, first, I want you to know I believe you and I love you. You are fierce and capable, and I am so sorry. But you're a survivor, and you're going to sit around the table with people who don't speak kindly of or about survivors. They'll make comments about the Me Too movement or the crisis on college campuses or the statistics around report of sexual violence and say ignorant, hurtful things. I am so sorry because the shame that will whisper in your ear is all too familiar and it is cruel and it isn't true. Something Erica Nordfeldt has taught me is that we're all doing our best which sometimes, oftentimes, really sucks when someone's best is devastating to you, invalidating and boundary-breaking. It kind of makes faith in humanity difficult. Shame, though. Shame has helped me understand people's sometimes terribleness. If shame is as pervasive and destructive as I believe it to be, as Brené Brown's research is showing it to be, then we can apply that to a lot of crappiness people do and say. Maybe the relative who comments on your home doesn't feel at home anywhere. The shame or loneliness of their life doesn't allow for them to rest or to feel at home with themselves. So they pick and poke and prod in rest's place. Maybe uncle so-and-so has a lot of shame over his life not turning out the way he wanted it to. Maybe for years he's heard the shameful and disappointed comments from others, bold and also really covert, and has adopted them as his vernacular because it helps it hurt less. Maybe the people who comment on your weight have heard diet culture's lies for so long, have been on so many diets, or have agonized over being smaller for so long that they don't know how to interact with someone confidently taking up space or someone not obsessing over the space they do take up. Maybe the moms who shame each other are doing it before others shame them first because, again, it hurts less. Maybe the cruel comments about abuse are all being made by uh, individuals who have been abused themselves but haven't ever had a safe place or person to share that with. Or maybe they're privileged. Maybe that's it. Maybe all of this is because people are privileged because we don't sit with each other anymore because we forget how to empathize. Maybe we just don't have experience with it. So we're speaking from unfair ignorance. Maybe truly, maybe a lot of people are just assholes. That's got to be an option, you guys, because like you have the internet, right? Like you see what people say and share. I think that a good number of people are just sitting in their shame stew, are just doing their best, as disappointing as their best sometimes is, unaware of it or the truth that it causes other people hurt. So what's your Peace Corps? or your countertop, or your sofa spot, or your uncle so-and-so, 
or the trauma that you carry that other people don't understand? What shame can you foresee this holiday season? I know there are so many more scenarios, and I want to validate and bring light to them all. There are things I can't learn unless I sit and listen to others. If I missed something you really see, please email me or DM me on Instagram. I'd love to have a conversation with you and learn. But we've taken the first step in saying, hey, shame, I see you. Your next step is to listen to me. Because you exist, you are enough. Because you exist, you are loved. Because you exist, you are deserving of safety and light and hope and joy. Because you are here, you get second and third and 84th chances. Give yourself grace. Practice gratitude. Give others grace. Try again because we are all worth it. You are worth it. Our next step is the um, eviction, maybe let's call it that, the eviction of shame. Because shame is a liar and a terrible tenant, and you don't have to hold the space for it anymore. Of course, we are going to talk about boundaries. <laughs> it's the holiday season. Uh, boundaries are like a dish to put out on the table. Slap it next to the turkey because we all could use boundaries. The queen of boundaries, in my opinion, is T. Rowe, Tiffany Rowe, the OG IG therapist. You can find her on Instagram. She has some top-notch stuff on boundaries there. But the only thing I'll add to, I guess, the conversation that's specific to this episode and to shame is this. Have boundaries around shame. Have shame boundaries. Here's someone shaming themselves for their weight. Don't participate. Don't join in on the self-flogging, okay? If it's someone you know and can be open with, Offer some other phrases like, uh, I'm so grateful for your body because it helps you exist in my life. Or you are no less loved or needed because of your clothing size. Or you could even come at it from your own perspective. I'm really grateful to not be on a diet this holiday season because I feel like I'm enjoying food so much more, right? If somebody's critiquing or criticizing, shaming someone's house or their own house, put a stop to it. Ignore it. Change the subject. If you can, again, be, be abrupt with them. If they're close to you, if you can use some assertive language with them, by all means, you are the expert on your life and on your family, on the boundaries that you're comfortable with. But have shame boundaries. In addition to shame boundaries, bring along the tool we learned about in episode four of Speaking to Shame, Get Curious. I wonder if that family member says that because of their own life experiences. Maybe cousin so-and-so is going through a hard time right now. That's why they said that. Getting curious about the shame around us helps stop shame from embedding so deeply into us. It pauses things and adds logic, compassion, a simple curiosity to take some pressure from the catastrophizing that shame often brings. Now, caveat, don't get curious about like abuse and assholery. If somebody's being rude, if somebody's hurting someone else, We don't have to get curious about that. We can put a stop to that immediately. We can remove ourselves from that situation, okay? But if it's just regular like, oh, this is such a fun family dinner or I'm having such a great time with this conversation or I feel like we're all just really hard on ourselves right now. Shame is so often sneakily threading its way through our conversations. My last tool for you in this holiday fight against shame 
<laughs> that's, we should, that's a thing. We should make that a thing. Holiday fight against shame <laughs> is to give yourself permission. Give yourself permission to feel uncomfortable around the family that comments on your countertops. You don't have to love every moment of Thanksgiving for it to be worthwhile. You don't have to brush everything that your family members say under the rug. You can be uncomfortable. Give yourself permission to feel the things that aren't rose-colored glasses. Give yourself permission to disagree with them. Give yourself permission to be proud of all you've lived through, regardless of where anyone else is at or the size of your genes. Give yourself permission to eat the food that sounds and tastes good. Give yourself permission to be the mom your kids need. Give yourself permission to owe no one around you an explanation or an apology. Again, that's a caveat. If you're like flipping tables and calling Aunt Mary the devil, then you maybe owe some people apologies. But if you're just living your life, Aunt Mary doesn't need an apology. In the permission, there will be connection to yourself, my friend, I promise. And what does shame hate? Connection. You matter. Two words that are so true but so difficult to believe at times. Embrace them this season and seek ways to remind yourself and others of that truth that we matter, you matter. I am just honored that you spend your time with me. Truly, every single episode is a privilege and I don't take it lightly. As always, you can email me m at helloemilystearman.com. You can find me on Instagram too, helloemilystearman. If you have any comments or questions or further ideas, on this episode, or if you would like to share some of your experiences with shame to be talked about on an episode, upcoming episode of Speaking to Shame, I would love to have you. I would love to sit with you. I would love to learn from you. I'm your host, Emily Stearman, and this is Speaking to Shame. I can't wait to rediscover who we were before shame told us we weren't enough. I can't wait to find those parts of us that need healing, that feel unfindable and unlovable, and remind them that shame is not our truth. 